Hello everyone and welcome to The Way Things Used To Be. I'm your host, Don Williams. Okay, so everyone has a first car story. Some are quite fantastic and others not so much. I'm not sure where my car story falls in these categories, but I'm going to tell it the way I remember it. I'll be right back right after this. I wrote a book a few years ago called Night Shift, My Adventures as a Convenience Store Clerk. It's available for download for the Amazon Kindle. In the book, I tell about my first car. I bought my first car after I graduated high school. It was a 1969 Pontiac Catalina, a.k.a. the Blue Bomb. Now, before I go any further, let's rewind back to 1969. It had a 400 two-barrel V8 engine with 264 horsepower, three-speed hydromatic transmission, measured a whopping 217 inches long and 79.8 inches wide. Wow! It could top 122 miles an hour and did a 17-second quarter mile. The list price ran right around $9,300 at the Pontiac dealership. Pretty impressive. Now, fast forward to 1985. I only paid $350 for my Catalina. It didn't come from a dealership. It came out of someone's overgrown weed-infested backyard. It had a V8 engine in it all right, but it sputtered a lot, and I doubt that it had 265 horsepower in the condition it was in. And at that time, I didn't even know what a quarter mile was. When I arrived at the guy's house to look it over and possibly buy it, he already had it in the driveway running. That should have been a clue to me right there that something wasn't right with it. When I drove it home, the radiator boiled over, and when I pulled into the gas station to fill it up, the battery died. The guys at the station tried to be helpful by putting water in the battery, but I believe it was destined for the battery graveyard. I ended up replacing it with a little financial help from my parents. For a car that was only 16 years old at the time, it sure had been through the ringer. The Catalina was quite colorful with at least four shades of blue primer paint and a little red and white mixed in. The only thing original on the car were the four hubcaps. It had four different tires with various tread quality and none of them matched. The bench seat in the front was cloth covered and did not match the rest of the interior of the car. Although the car was a Catalina, the dashboard assembly came out of a Bonneville. I was also proud of the fact that I installed my own car stereo system. It was a Sparkomatic AM-FM cassette deck that hooked to a second car battery that was on the floor of the passenger side. I wasn't sure how to wire into the car's ancient electrical system. It was a little awkward for a passenger, but sacrifices needed to be made to have a cool sound system, complete with budget speakers from Radio Shack. The big engine under the hood slurped up the gas, and it often backfired and missed because it needed new plugs and points. The exhaust system consisted of pieces of flex pipe and a muffler held on with a coat hanger. I had to replace the flex pipe about every six weeks because it would rust and start making noise again. I also learned very quickly how to become a mechanic because I had to change the starter out six different times before I finally got one that worked properly. And the brakes had a feature I wasn't aware of. It was this really cool red light that came on every time I hit the brake pedal. Little did I know that this was a warning that something was really wrong with the brakes because one day they went completely out while I was driving down a busy street. I was able to make my way into an empty train yard where the car came to a transmission grinding halt just shy of a ditch. Of course, I couldn't afford a better car with the low wages I was making working nights at a convenience store. After about a year, I sold the car to a friend for $149.52 because he didn't have the $150 that I was asking for it. 
Despite all of the issues I had with the car, it was very solidly built. The horn worked, and all the windows rolled up and down. What more could anyone ask for in a first car? Perhaps antifreeze and a radiator? I simply filled it with water from the garden hose. Whew, thank God it didn't freeze up that winter. More recently, I've had vivid dreams about this car. In those dreams, I would walk to my neighbor's house where I parked it and got in and drove it. Mrs. Brown was an elderly woman who lived a couple doors down from us. She was grateful that I parked my car in her driveway because it always looked like someone was at home. My first car certainly had a huge impact on my life. I've even gone so far as to look on eBay just to see if I could find one to see how much it would sell for. I think I'll stick with the fond memories. A fully restored one could cost more than the original list price in 1969. The front end of the Catalina resembled a Pontiac GTO, so I bought a model kit of a 1969 GTO and painted it to look like my Catalina. I even used photographs to make it more accurate. I even had a picture of my old license plate from one of those photographs that I cut out and stuck on the plastic bumper. I wish I knew what happened to that model because I really worked hard to make it resemble my old car. And finally, thanks to that crazy cobbled exhaust system, I received my first ticket ever when it fell apart after I hit a pothole. I explained to the officer that it had just happened in a grocery store parking lot, but he didn't buy it and I got the ticket. So everybody's had their first car. Well, here's my story about my second first car. My second first car was an upgrade from the 69 Catalina. It was a 1973 Ford LTD, complete with four matching tires, working air conditioning, a consistent pale green color from bumper to bumper, and a gas-hogging 351 Windsor V8 engine. I transplanted the Sparkmatic cassette deck from my old Catalina. I actually learned how to wire it into the existing electrical system and eliminated the need for the extra battery on the floor. There were some downsides to this vehicle, however. The engine had rings that were bad and the cylinders had low compression. Once in a while it would cough and puff black smoke from the tailpipe while I was going down the highway. And speaking of going down the highway, when I would hit a cruising speed of 55 miles an hour, which was the speed limit back in the 80s, the interior cloth of the ceiling would inflate like a big balloon dropping down on top of the heads of everyone inside. The car had also been rear-ended in an accident before I purchased it, so the back panels just kind of flapped in the wind. I tried to fix this one time with some sheets of aluminum rivets and several containers of plastic body filler, but it was no use. It started falling off in big chunks. So much for my expertise in auto body repair. The rear bumper bounced up and down as well. One time it bounced completely off in the middle of a busy street. The only thing that kept the car behind me from running over it was the fact that it had a thin wire hanging off of the back that controlled the license plate light. So I pulled into a parking lot, cut the wire, and put the bumper in the trunk. I was able to reattach it later with a couple of lag bolts that I drilled into the sides of the flapping panels. This also kept them from moving around so much and the rest of the body filler stayed intact. I don't think they ever made a model kit for this car. If they did, it probably didn't sell very well. I wonder if the kit came with an optional bouncing back bumper. Okay folks, this is something new I've decided to try. This is called Guess the Sound. Are you ready? Here we go. Did you guess that? Let's hear that again. You give up? 
Okay, here's what it was. One of the challenges of recording this podcast is all kinds of distractions that I have. This particular incident was my little kitten upstairs knocking a brand new butter dish off of the counter. We may do this again in the future if something else interesting happens while I'm recording. I do have two cats and a dog who are often getting into trouble. Thanks for joining me in this little corner of memory lane. I'd like to hear from you. Send me an email, donald9360 at gmail.com. Let me know where you're from and where you heard this podcast. Feel free to share your memories of the good old days, and I might even use them in a future podcast. As always, thanks for listening and God bless. Talk to you next week on The Way Things Used to Be.